Okay, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, so we can talk now? Oh, okay. Oh, that was actually Ooh. the hardest thing I've had to do yet today. Wait, be quiet. Be quiet. Ah. Have you met Patty? Yes. <laughs> you know, actually, that was one of the reasons that I knew Trisha was the one for me. She just I let could you be, talk? I could be, no. <laughs> I could be quiet in her presence and not weirded out by that. Hmm. I think it's a very spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. But not here because this. Yeah, I know. We have a lot of problems. Kettering Connect, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right, I should start that over. Hello and welcome to Kettering <laughs> Connect. This is another episode where we'll be looking at finding Jesus in the Old Testament. This is my friend, my confidant, my uh, com- comrade. But, but, comrade? Yeah. Jason Calvert, pastor, youth. Kettering Adventist Church. And as always, Pastor Penny McCoy, the young adult pastor here at the Adventist Church. I will tell you, um, did I say the Adventist Church? The Adventist Church, you did. <laughs> I mean, did. The, the Adventist Church of Kettering. The Adventist Kettering. World Church yeah. here in Kettering. Okay, we're going to get in trouble. Uh, I would like everyone to notice his sweet jean jacket. He went shopping, looking good these days. Shopping from my safe home yes, and right, keyboard. Because right. when you're 6'5", you can't buy at the store. I know a lot of people don't understand how that works. Yeah, I know. My, I, my I, son is at that place right now because he he's just over six five and he's as round as this. Yeah. Um, but he's just learning that he can't just buy extra large. That just means it's big. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to go to online buying tall sizes. It's a burden. So, it's a burden we must bear. Pastor Patty's looking good for y'all this afternoon. Yeah, or whenever they're watching. Or whenever you happen yeah, to be watching. Yeah, watching. sweet. So uh, we are continuing our series in looking, uh, look again, finding Jesus in the Old Testament. This week, Pastor, I can't <laughs> talk today, Pastor, Pastor Monty Torkelson will be presenting a word to us. And he's going to be focusing on 2 Samuel, a story from 2 Samuel 23, uh, a story with David. So we're going to get into that. We're going to unpack that a little bit without trying to steal his thunder Mm -hmm. uh, for what he's going to focus on this weekend, but where we can find the connection to Jesus in this story. So Jason, why don't you start us off and read us that story? Yeah, so it's a really fun story. Uh, Only a few verses, 2 Samuel chapter 23, starting in verse 13. Once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Abdullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Raph. Raphaim. 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 It is whatever My you Hebrew say. professors yeah. are cringing right now. If you're Hebrew professors, you're, you're yeah, 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 you got to spit. Right, but we're trying to be safe with the yeah. mics and, and all that. Uh, the three who are among the Trinity. No, sorry. We are... Struggling today. I know what the deal is. I can't read. But among the thirty, let's let's bring that back. Okay, the three who are among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well of the gate of Bethlehem. I mean, I'm sure, right, I've said the same thing. Uh, yeah. The well you said of, it to me just the other day. Right. Man, I wish I had a cup of water from Bethlehem. Uh, right. Or yeah. Starbucks. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. The three. Dun, dun, dun. I know. It sounds like there should be background well, uh, music to right, that. The right. three of the 30. Well, because that the definite article, the three, that yeah. makes it you know cooler. Hence... The Adventist Church 
Right. Of Kettering. The Jason Calvert. Right. The one and only. The one and okay, only. Okay, we digress. So, so uh, break this down. What is, what's, yeah. what's happening here? Well, it's, it's interesting, actually, that uh, this, is, this comes after, I think, in this passage, uh, just before this, is David's kind of last words. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the end of the, the stories of David. Um, and there's a lot we could talk about with, with David, especially in the light of looking for Jesus in the Old Testament, right? There's a lot of, I mean, one, Jesus came from the line of David, um, you know, and, and David was, was said to be a person after God's own heart. I think that, that there, there's reasons why people believe that. I think actually it was David's ability to always kind of come back to God time and time, no matter what was happening, it could be awful, it could be horrible, but he comes back to worship. Um, you know, and David's this shepherd king. Uh, you know, Jesus is the good shepherd mm-hmm. who is our king. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's ties there. But what, what's interesting to me in this story initially, and I, you and I were talking about this beforehand, is you read through it. These guys, you recognize they risk their lives to go get this cup of water. For water. Yeah. And, and the Philistines have, uh, they've occupied Bethlehem. So they have to go in. They have to sneak around. Behind enemy lines, it says. Right. To like, get this cup of water. Yeah. And then they give it to David. And he's like, huh. Yeah, pours it guys. out. Yeah, like, mm. and, and I I read it the same way too. Initially, like he yeah. poured it out. I'm like, well, yeah, right, right. I just risked my life right. for that, but it wasn't just poured out. It was poured out as an offering, right. a, as an act of worship, right, right. Um, and so let's let's talk about the story a little bit. I mean, that one was David even like? Did he command them to go to Bethlehem to do this? Right, so that's the thing. Like, here are these three men, and according to the scriptures, um, these inner men would be like they would be interchangeable, right? Which sounds terrible. Like, but well, let's say one of them dies. Well, okay, you you're really awesome. So you joined the, the you're inner one of the three. three. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the point is, these guys would be fierce and brave and like the elites. Yeah. Kind of like you know some of the anyway. So yeah, so it's not even a command. It's not an order. It's just like a, a vocalization. It's like, man, I really wish we could go to a baseball game right now. Oh, that'd be so good. And then these three risked their lives, as you said, going behind enemy lines. I'm not sure all that it took. It doesn't even say, I don't think it says how long it took, but eventually they come back and yeah, pours it out, as you said, as an act of offering. And and basically I had to do a little research on that because I I didn't pick that up right away. But essentially, you know, um, for the Hebrews, um, they were never allowed and they shouldn't drink the blood because the blood represented life. And so what they would do while as an act of worship and during sacrifice is they would pour the blood out on the ground. So kind of this symbolic idea of great, you know, these guys risked their life as an act their, their of blood, worship, right? right? Their blood yeah. in this water. So it's actually a beautiful recognition of, of these guys. Yeah. Well, and I like how you said like, David just kind of in this time in his life saying, man, you know what would be so good right now? Yeah. He's thinking back to his childhood. He's thinking back to just better times. Mm -hmm. And man, I I would love just to have that moment of remembering Mm -hmm. those better times in a glass, nothing like a glass of water from my hometown, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of us listening, watching right now that could be like, man, something that would feel like home right yeah, now. Something Admit, familiar. Yeah. In the midst of all this craziness yeah. and all of us, like you said, a baseball game, I'd love to go to a baseball game and just sit and enjoy the moment. Well, I think it's any time, like if you're not, 
if you're living somewhere that you're not from and you get yeah, to go yeah. home and you, you know, you fly into that city and, yeah. you know, you, you drive those streets. It's like, ah, oh, yes. Kind of, and this, one of the things I was thinking about too, is it's almost like this feeling of, okay, I'm whole, right? right? I, I'm, yeah. I'm now together. I'm complete. Yeah. Um, there's safety within that. Um, you know, and we've oh. talked about it here before, um, but this, this beautiful concept that the Hebrews called shalom, mm. right? Peace. And, and I feel like here are these three guys, these, these, these mighty three, um, um, and they recognized that David, in that moment, didn't feel complete, right? There was something that would have helped him feel more whole. Um, so they go out after it. And I feel like, you know, anytime we get to partner with God so that other people can experience shalom, that whole, that that safety, that completeness, um, that is an act of worship. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, you think about it too, and I, I see parallels with the disciples and Jesus in the story mm-hmm. too, because of course we know there was the 12, right. but there was also the three, the three. Yeah. all right? It was Peter, James, and John who were kind of Jesus's closest confidants mm-hmm. in that moment. And I feel like they were in a similar position as these three, they were willing to do anything mm-hmm. um, for Jesus. And and we see that, I, I think about you know, the arrest and Peter's yeah. like, I'm going to die for you. Let's right. go. Let's he's do like, this. Die for me? Really? Right. But That's... it ties into Shalom because Jesus yeah. is like, I didn't come to bring, you know, um, I, I, I came to bring peace. peace. Yeah. I came to give you Shalom. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, so definite parallels in this, their, their devotion to David, their King, they're mm-hmm. willing to risk their lives for mm-hmm. and the disciples are willing to risk their lives too. I don't think that they had fully, knew what they were signing up for. Oh, absolutely right? not. But eventually they got yeah, yeah, there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they got there. So, um, Yeah, in fact, in John 14, to your point, I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to, but I, I had written it down. Uh, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, you know, and that's, you know, we could talk a long time about this, but this whole idea of even perichoresis, right? The youth ministry here at the Kettering Avenue Church, in case you didn't know. Um, it's like this really long, weird Greek word. And what it's, is it again? It, perichoresis, okay, I know. Okay, yes, yeah. there no, are a million ways sure. to mispronounce it. But it is actually beautiful, this idea of um, of dancing with God, right? Mm-hmm. God is in rhythm and in movement and going and in direction. He's doing stuff in the world. But then he invites us to join him in what he He's doing mm. this to to bring wholeness, mm. to bring peace, um, to bring safety uh, in, in community, right? And, and to increase people and to help people and invest in people. And I think anytime we do that, that is or could be an act of worship, right? Mm. Like Nehemiah, mm. right? Like the whole book of Nehemiah, there are no miracles, nothing really overly spiritual about it. But it's a man whose heart was broken because people didn't have community or safety or peace, mm. and 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 that's what he was after. So. Mm. You know, I, it's interesting too. When you're talking, I also I also think about a connection to the Lord's Supper um, mm. with this. When you're when you're yeah. thinking about um, there, they bring a cup of water for him to drink. He he pours that out. That water and blood and yeah. pouring your that that um, you know the, the the drinking of communion really participating mm. in that. I think is one. It's Jesus saying, "Listen, you you drink my blood. You um, you eat of my flesh. And by doing that, you're saying I'm signing up." 
Right. I'm signing up to be in this with you. Which at first glance, I mean, think of how awful that had to sound, oh. right? Like we're doing what now? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the early church, they, they, I mean, there was a misperception that sure, was rampant. they were cannibals. They were cannibals, right, right because right. of the Lord's Supper. Right. Um, but this idea that, you know, like Jesus is also saying, I, I, I do this for you. So you receive that gift, but then you also say, I too am willing to allow my blood to be spilled right, right. And, and my body to be broken for the healing of the world, right? right? We're all kind of signing up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think what, what part of this story in Second Samuel 2 is just this utter devotion. It's this willingness to just, the Lord's Supper is this way. What Jesus did for us is I'm going to give my all. I'm going to give everything I have to, to this. Right. And God will use that to be a blessing. Like we feel, it was it said that the, our best acts are filthy rags. Right, right. right. But it's his robes of righteousness that make something whole and complete and, and beautiful. No, I think that's perfect. And what also I appreciate about this is it's not overly religious, mm-hmm. right? They're just going to get this dude some water. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, drinking water. Everybody does that every day. And I think sometimes when we think of big acts of worship and mm-hmm. big, um, you know, I need to show God just how much I love him and how much I'm devoted to him. I'm going to do all this at my church, which you should do a lot of stuff at your church. And all those of you who do that, we thank you and appreciate that. But it, it also could just be the day-to-day, yeah. uh, right? The raising of your children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever you do as a job, you're just going to fully invest in that, um, bringing shalom uh, to your customers or to the business or your family or whatever. Yeah. And, and knowing that even, I mean, I think oftentimes when we feel like we're doing something for God specifically, it's this, at least for me, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but it's this obvious, oh man, I am so like not worthy. Oh yeah. This, right. Or, I'm right. not good at this or I can't whatever. And, and right. I always think back to, it is in our weakness, mm-hmm. Paul says, that his power is made perfect. Mm-hmm. It isn't just that his power shows up. It's that it's made perfect. And our willingness to give our all, mm-hmm. right? God takes that and does what he needs. It, it's like the, the boy that brought the uh, two fish and five loaves, right? <laughs> Or the five fish and two loaves, or the twin, or the ten fish. Forgive and him. The five, or or the <laughs> he, seven. Wait, divided by three. Carry the carry one. Carry the one. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Were, yeah, right. Well, whatever the boy brought. Yeah, math clearly is not his thing, but <laughs> yes, it, that's why I took theology. Right. Um, is that you know God says like like the he's the disciples are how are we going to feed these people? Jesus right. says you feed him. This boy comes along. He's like, well, I got a gift. Right. It's it's all I got, but what, whatever you can do with this, and Jesus feeds five thousand people. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's what I mean, with happens. extras, with right? Extras they have leftover. the twelve baskets, right? right? For them to take yeah. home. So yeah, yeah. So so this this passage uh, that I think Monty's going to speak more to. I think it, it says it well. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Whatever you give right? Do it for God. Do it, do it as an act of worship or Romans 12, you know, your bodies are living, offer your bodies as living sacrifices Mm -hmm. and God will take that gift and, and bless people in a way you can never possibly imagine Mm -hmm. or, or even have planned on your own, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, so I guess that's what we're wrestling with this week. Anything, anything you felt like, uh, you know, there's always a lot to unpack, but we also don't want to step on Monty's Yeah, yeah, I'm not really, right. (laughs) I'm not a hundred percent sure the direction he's going, so I don't want to you know, don't like you said, don't want to steal this thunder. Yeah. And also one thing you just mentioned there is this idea of, you know, making a decision. Um, 
and and what made me think of or kind of brought me back to is in Daniel 3, right? We have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're there, and, and Nebuchadnezzar is saying, you know, bow down and worship, um, or else you could be thrown into this fiery furnace, and he threatens them, blah, blah, blah. And and basically, they, there's this phenomenal line, and if I was a good pastor, I'd have it on the ready. Um, it's in Daniel 3, and... Yeah, starting in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They're thrown in, and then several verses down, Nebuchadnezzar then responds in verse 25, and he says, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. So, yeah, so you make a decision to go all in, um, just unapologetically, I'm going to do my best, I'm focused on this. Um, I know God has the power to show up, he has the power to, you know, take care of this entire situation, but even if he doesn't, right, just that, that conscious choice, I'm going to move forward in confidence with God. And then here, uh, this Bible translation says that looks like a God. Another translation I was looking at says um, looks like the son of God. Clearly, Nebuchadnezzar recognizes this as God, but it also looks like a man. So I, I would argue this is Jesus who mm-hmm. shows up with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And again, doesn't change the situation. They're still in the furnace. It was still really scary but he was with them mm-hmm. and they were saved. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, God does that uniquely in all yeah. of our lives. Well, I think, I think our call then too, uh, in, in light of all these things, I, I actually thought this, this may be an obvious connection to this story. And maybe Jesus was thinking about this particular story when he said it, mm. but in Mark nine, um, he's talking with the disciples and he says, 941, he says, For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Mm. Who knows? Maybe he was thinking about this story with David with and David, his friends yeah. that went and got a cup of water. But I think our job as followers of Jesus is to offer whatever that cup of water is for other people. What, whatever mm. f- helps them feel safe and comfortable to find shalom and mm-hmm. find peace. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our job to offer to people, especially in this time of COVID when we mm-hmm. can't be together the way that we like to be together. Mm-hmm. What can we do to love on people, to offer them that cup of cold water in the name of Jesus um, so that Jesus can take that gift and bless them in ways we can never possibly imagine? And what I think, going back to the story, like these men were in his presence and they just heard his desire. Mm-hmm. So sometimes maybe that just, the first step is just to be present, right? Yeah. Just just be in tune with those around you and the needs and their desires and then take initiative. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's good. So it continues to be a, a fun journey trying to find Jesus in the Old Testament. We hope that you are uh, getting some of those lenses about you to when you go and read through the Old Testament, you can see that Jesus is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll continue on this journey for one more week before we start a new sermon series coming up on the book of Galatians. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. So that'll be fun. But thank you for joining us and listening in. We'll hope to see you next week. See ya. Four hours, 35 minutes, and 22 seconds. My goal is always under six hours. <laughs> so, we're under six hours, that's a win. Uh, but oh, boy.
What a, what a, what a, what a, oh. Boom shakalaka, that.